Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pause, moving, and storage studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined this hour by the incredible Jay Warshaw, and we are taking your calls at 888-825-5225. If you've got a question, you've been a longtime listener, you want to be a first-time caller, today is your day. Call us up. We would love to help you take the right next step with your life and your money. Kua is kicking us off in Greenville, South Carolina. Kua, welcome to the show. Hi, George. How are you? Hi, Jade. Hi. We are doing so great. How can we help you? Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on sinking funds outside of our four walls. If we're still paying off debt, do you guys believe in having sinking funds or is it everything you have paid toward debt? Mm, this is a great question. It's a a great juicy question. conversation. It's very juicy. Nobody wants to have these <laughs> kinds of conversations, Kua. When I'm at dinner parties, nobody's like, let's talk sinking funds. I love I this question. You, I know you two are great for it. So, Well, here's our thing with sinking funds when you're in debt. You do the sinking funds for the things that you absolutely need to have sinking funds for. So the vacation sinking fund Cut is it. gone. The insurance mm-hmm. sinking fund, we need to keep that. So okay. let's. what kind of sinking funds are you talking about? Um, so I was thinking more like the vehicle maintenance. Um, I guess like what you were saying, insurance. Yeah. I kind of thought you would say that about vacations, but I wanted to make sure. Did you have the vacation sinking fund? You're like, I hope he lets me keep that one. <laughs> no, no I, you don't get I to keep that it, one. I have it, but there's nothing in it. Okay, good. I yeah. feel like the car one is the one that's kind of on the fence because obviously your car has normal you know, wear and tear, and so you've got to have the maintenance on it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something, but here's my thing. It's if you can cash flow it or not. So when it comes to vehicle maintenance, if you're able to cash flow, you know, getting the new tire or, you know, getting the oil changed, then I probably wouldn't do a sinking fund because, you know, that particular month you're taking away $12 or $15, you know, whatever it is, you're taking that away from your debt snowball as opposed to, hey, I just know in August I'm getting an oil change and I'm going to put aside the, I don't know how even how much an oil change costs these days, but. Depends if it's synthetic or regular or blend. I don't even know what you're saying, George. I'm a car guy. But, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, but my husband true. likes the synthetic. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, yes. it can be tempting to make a zillion sinking funds, but at the end of the day, it's like, hey, look, I'm trying to pay off debt. I need as much of my income as I can every single month to put towards that debt. Um, and if you can cash flow it, cash flow it. And you have the thousand bucks, right? The starter emergency fund? Yes, yes. So think about it this way. Could I cover what that sinking fund was aiming towards with the starter emergency fund? Flat tire, we can cover with a starter emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And the oil change, we can figure that out and cash flow it in the budget when we know it's coming up that following month. Okay. So I would try to plan ahead and just put things in the budget and only leave sinking funds for things you absolutely need. Yeah. Now, if you had a car, this is just, you know, for fun. If somebody had a car, George, and they're like, my car's on its last leg, I feel like it's about to go out. Should I do a sinking fund to start putting aside for an, an upgraded vehicle? What would you say? Mm, I probably wouldn't do it. I think we I would cross that bridge when I get there because a lot of people are like, the car's on its last leg. And I'm yeah. like, it could go seven more months. You never know, right? Yeah, you, you never, never know. know. So good. when the t- it comes time to do a repair, mm-hmm. we're going to figure out how to cash flow that. Well, you pause the baby steps temporarily, yep. stack up cash, sell stuff, side jobs, whatever we got to do to get back on the road. Good. Does that answer your question, Kua? I don't know that we it were super does. helpful. Um, am I able to answer a follow-up? Sure. Yeah. Or ask a follow-up? Um, I wanted to know what your thoughts were for saving up for the marriage and money getaway. Oh, Ooh, on baby step two. 
Yes. Uh-oh. Oh, no, girl. I don't know, girl. Uh. I consider that a, a luxury entertainment yes. item. Okay. And I wish so I wish I could be year. like, Kua, we're going to yes. send you for free. I don't know that I have the power to do that. I don't think we have the but, power, George. But hang on the line. I'll get you in touch with our team, and I'll see what they can do. I make I no promises. But because you called oh, and you were brave you. enough to ask, I mean, you guys are in Greenville, so you would drive. We are, yes, exactly. So that's some gas money already and right And it doesn't there. have to be the VIP ticket. And then there's like, there's hotels no. and, you know, so it, there's a lot of expenses involved with traveling Oof. for an event. So, I don't know if I, I would do it. I think I'd save it. in my car. Girl, no. When you do, <laughs> when you go to this event, you want it to be the luxury that it should be. Right. You want to be able to enjoy yeah. it. And I, we even tell people like, hey. This is for baby step four and beyond. That's right. We're, we're not trying to like mm-hmm. take money from people who are struggling and in debt. We want to see you become debt free. We want to celebrate with you yeah. at those types of events. But hang on the line and uh, we'll get you in touch with our live events team. I'll have Christian connect you with those folks and we'll see okay. what we can do for Ooh. you because I'd love to meet you. You, you. just yeah. sound awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my you fingers for favorite, you. So. <laughs> that means you the world. Well, thank you so much for the call and I appreciate the question about sinking funds. And Jay, yeah. this is a question that sinking funds are this kind of squishy yeah. thing and people are like, I don't understand. Let's talk about it. And why are they called sinking funds? And truthfully, I've looked up the etymology of a sinking fund and it's still kind of like, meh. It kind of sounds negative instead of positive. We should give it a new name. S- saving fund. That's even <laughs> less exciting somehow. We'll workshop it off air. Well, this let's explain to people what it is because I think like you said, it is one of those topics that are like, what's the difference between a sinking fund and my emergency fund? So let's break that down for the newbies. Yes. So a sinking fund is for a future expense that you know is coming, like a quarterly or annual bill, for example, insurance Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, Mm -hmm. mine is billed annually. Right. And so we have a sinking fund for our auto and home. Yes. So that, you know, our home is covered through escrow, but the auto insurance, you Mm want to make sure that you got 50 bucks a month going into a sinking fund, Mm -hmm. which then sits either in that checking or savings account. You might move it to a different account to keep it protected. So that 50 bucks a month over 12 months adds up to $600 to cover your auto insurance. That's right. Instead of it being a big surprise in January, like, oh my gosh, where are we going to come up with 600 bucks to cover the auto insurance? That's right. Plan for it. I love that. And I think to kind of to the point of what Kua was saying on the last call, sometimes I feel though, George, people do a zillion sinking funds and I'm like, you might be able to just cash flow that junk. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, it can be tempting to put... $5 $5 aside for this and $10 aside for that. And it's like, wait a second. Can you just, like we said, pay for the oil change? Probably so. Now, if you're saving up for a big vacation coming down the pipe, you're out of baby step two. Sinking fund's a great idea because a vacation for a family of four, that's expensive. That gets you're trying expensive. to save up $5,000. Yeah, sinking fund. You're not going to magically have that money in a random month. That's right. So we've got to make a plan to get there slowly. Christmas is a great example for a sinking fund. That's right. I'm looking at my own every dollar budget going, what do I have in my sinking fund? Oh, yeah, let's hear it. You know, uh, membership. So like uh, Instacart membership something that's a yearly expense uh-huh. gets charged once a year. And I always try to get the discount because I'm frugal. Come on, George. So if I can get an annual membership discount by paying once a year instead of monthly, yes. I'm all about that. 100%. And so that becomes an expense. Amazon Prime, yeah. uh, Spotify, if you pay Where yearly. Where do you keep your, sink- your sinking funds? I keep mine in checking. And mm-hmm. I have the amount that I know I got to match it up to go, hey, do we make sure we have this money in checking yeah. so that when it comes out, some people, they like to move it over to savings, but you got to be diligent about moving it back before that expense hits. I like, uh, and this is not anything for Ally. Um, Ally Bank has those buckets. Yes. And I like those for sinking funds. So I think buckets is maybe a better term. I think Ally did a good job with that one. I'll give them yeah. credit Fun there. Fund buckets. 
Fund bu- fun, fun buckets. Fund buckets. I think we still need time to workshop that one. <laughs> but hey, if you want to check out that app I was talking about, it's called Every Dollar. You can download it in the App Store. You can go to everydollar.com slash George. We've got a killer deal over there. If you want to check it out, get a free trial, check out all the premium uh, features. It will help you make a plan for your money and give you so much confidence. I promise you that. With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money, especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. 82. This is the Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Jade Warshaw. The number to call is 888-825-5225. So, Jade, this article, some people have been sending it to me. It's been making waves, and it's just, it's borderline hilarious. But here's the headline <laughs> from notthebee.com. The average American needs to earn how much to feel financially secure? And it goes on to say, Americans feel they would need to earn approximately $233,000 a year on average to be secure or comfortable with their finances from a new survey. That's around per 19 person? grand a month per person. I uh, don't know if it's household. It doesn't really say, but a single people took the survey too. So, you know, dude. I imagine that's in there. Here's the crazier part. To consider themselves rich or possessing financial freedom, the average American would need to pull $483,000 according to the survey. They said, that's how much I would need. I'm confused. Fused. I'm shook, really. That um, is wild. Considering uh, the average earnings, full-time year-round workers in 2021 was 75 yeah. grand, according to the Census Bureau. So they need uh, triple that? Well, I'm just thinking, like, stat-wise, like, the percentage of people who earn 250-plus a year. Well, I think when you're is not- financially insecure, you over-index on how much I need to feel very secure. Yeah. You know, when you're frightened out of your mind, you're like, I need a million dollars to feel like I'm safe. And that's what this goes on to talk about. It says Americans are more than two times more likely to feel financially insecure than secure. Only one in four said they're completely financially secure. It's probably the folks that follow the Ramsey baby I steps. was going to say, it's the people who have good financial habits. That's right. And the rest said, uh-uh, not me. And a lot of people say it's economic factors that are keeping them from feeling financially secure. Of course, they're blaming the rising interest rates yeah. and inflation and the cost of living and the housing market and lifestyle. And it's just, mm-hmm. it never ends. But I, some people were honest, Jade. Some said one in four blamed high or revolving debt as the problem. Which at least they're self-aware to go, debt is my problem. Because I think yes. truthfully for most people, it's debt and it's lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, inflation. Yes, groceries. But this idea that the, the cost, everyone's shaking their fist at the cost of eggs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's not <laughs> the solution eggs. to your problems is yeah. eggs being $3 more than they were. 
Yeah, no. If, if, if It's your if $700 egg, car payment. Yeah, if egg prices going up is, ru- is ruining your world, you've got bigger issues going on. That exactly. Facts. So this says, highlighting wealth gaps and varying costs of living, many Americans feel they need even more to pay more pay than the national average. And here's what's interesting. Women on average say they need to earn roughly 237 k annually or about 500000 a year to feel rich. So more than men. I wonder if that's because women have uh, the security gland is stronger where they, they want that security even more. I have so many questions. Yeah. Uh, George, this is evoking many questions within me. <laughs> I don't have the answers. I'm simply a message bearer. Well, I'm thinking, well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm going, okay, the more money you have, the more margin that you should have if you're handling it correctly. And a lot of folks that I know that have high incomes like this, they're not spending all of the money. Like it's not part of their, they have a lot of extra that they're like, okay, I can give this and I can invest this. And But it's not like, oh, great. Now I can go see more movies and now I can buy more steaks and now I can, do you see, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're going to come to a point where it's like, this is my lifestyle and I've just got to be able to manage my, my, my lifestyle. Anything on top of that is gravy and it's cool. But it sounds like these people just want, if, if you can just learn to manage your lifestyle without a bunch of creep, without a bunch of inflated habits, you would be happy probably with the 75,000, oh, which yeah. is the average And we've income. seen the stats of, hey, people who make six figures, they're living a paycheck to paycheck too. And you go, I wish I made that kind of money. I wouldn't be like that. You don't know yeah, that. A, a, yeah, a third of people making $250,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. That's right. And so if you think that income is going to just solve all of your problems, it's only part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, the more you make, the more you're going to spend unless... You're on a, a proven plan where you're living on less than you make and you're investing for the future and you're staying out of debt. So I want to encourage you guys that you don't need to make $233,000 to be financially That's secure. Because right. I meet people that visit us that do their debt-free scream and they're teachers and they're engineers and they're making forty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 and their life is great. Oh, yeah. And they can pay off their homes. They can invest for the future. And the big factor that allows them to do that is not their income. That's right. It's their ability to manage money instead of manage debt. And too oh, yeah. many of y'all are in the debt management game instead of the money management mm-hmm. game. And you think you're crushing it because you're paying off your card every month, but you don't feel like you're making tra- – yeah, you're not making traction because you're playing the credit card company's game. That's right. You're not building your net worth. You're just helping a credit card company sponsor their next stadium. <laughs> so on, start George. playing your own game. Start running your own race. Get out of debt regardless of your income. Yes, get your income up. And some people are trapped because yes, they're making 30 grand course. a year and they need to go make more money and get some education and step into a different career. But yes. that's not the solution to your problems. Yeah, absolutely. I know plenty of people who make the like mid-range six figures and it ain't all it's cracked up to be for them because they have not learned the principles that we teach on the show every day and so you know unfortunately the more your lifestyle goes up a lot of people it that lifestyle creep is so real we need to do a segment on how to know when to you know when there's a tease yeah how can you know when to lifestyle like upgrade your lifestyle, your lifestyle without it being the negative lifestyle creep that keeps people from yes because we get a bad rap for being like they don't want us to spend money no we want you to spend money yeah that you haven't budgeted for mm-hmm. without sacrificing your future that's yeah. it well there's the segment right there george you Boom. just explained it all right let's go to the phones walker is in austin gosh i want to make so many jokes about walker texas, texas ranger, ranger and i will yes. not walker because you get that so much don't you I do get that, yeah. I'm going to avoid it. I just teased it, but I'm not doing it. How can we help <laughs> well, today? Well, I, 
I appreciate it. I had a question for you. Me and my fiance are about 35 days away from getting married. And we're super excited. Thank you. Yeah. But we are going to combine finances once we're after the honeymoon, once we get back from after the honeymoon. Yep. Smart. But I think me personally, I want to push for not going to baby step four and just going three B and investing. But my work offers such a good match. It's a 6% Roth 401k. And I don't know if I'm missing out if I just go 3B for a year and a half or two years to try to get a good down payment for the house. And I'm trying to figure out how to budget that because I only have an excess of about $700 a month. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have 700 bucks a month uh, after expenses and the wedding's going to be paid for. You're out of debt. You already have an emergency fund? Yes, sir. Luckily, we're both financial peace babies. Her parents coordinate classes and my parents uh, lived out a few. And so we're in really good financial stats we have uh we're all ready to be at baby step four once we're you guys are so weird so so good okay no it's exciting i love it so 3b for those listening is saving up for a house down payment so you get out of debt you get the emergency fund in place then we're going to save up for the house down payment and that's kind of this in-between investing and honestly it's a squishy baby step because it's a choose your own adventure yeah some people choose to invest all 15 percent while saving up the down payment some people do zero some people just do the match some people do something else. So there's no right or wrong way to do this. It's based on your goals, your age, your mm-hmm. urgency to get a house, your urgency to build wealth. And for your situation, you know, could you get that match and then do the 6% investing and the rest go to the down payment? How much slower would that cause your down payment process? Um, I don't know exactly. If I just took the match, I was using the, the free mortgage calculator you all have on RamseySolutions.com. Love it. And I was using that, and it looked like I would need a pretty substantial down payment in order to meet that 25% of your take-home pay going towards your mortgage rate. Yeah, Austin and is so a hot probably, market. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough out here. And so, and we're both young, and she's going to be in her internship, so she's not going to be making money for a while. She'll so be living off of my income. But to answer your question, I think it would extend it by about a year, so about three years in if I just did the 6% to kind of flex that muscle of investing. Okay. If I'm in your shoes, I mean, marriage is a lot to begin with. I'm going to just rent for a while. And if it extends it by a year and we got to wait another year, I'm okay with that. Because I think that's going to pay dividends on the other side when you're 60 and you're going, wow, yeah, do the the math on the investment calculator and go, what does that 6% turn into with your age 30 years from now? That might make you gain some patience on that side. But either way, you're going to be okay. You're going to be multimillionaires at this point, even if you invest 0% right now. So I'm not that concerned, but man, it's hard to pass up that match when you guys have done this the right way so well. Thanks for the call, man. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw this hour. This is a show about you, America, about your life and your money helping you win. Are you seeing a theme here? You. You are the secret sauce. You're you're the main event. You're the main character. We mm. want to give you that main character energy. If you feel like life has just been happening to you, we want it to happen for you, and you are a huge part of that process, and we want to see you win. So give us a call at 888-825-5225. Tiffany is up next in Denver. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi, George, George and Jade. Thank you for taking my call. So Absolutely. we are on baby step seven. Woo! No wonder you sound so cheaper. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we are essentially wondering how much 
we can spend on vacations or how we can determine how much we can. This is such a fun question. <laughs> what a terrible, great problem okay, to have. Okay, you do what you want to do. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit more. What kind of vacation are you wanting? Well, um, we have five weeks of vacation a year. We're dual income, no kids, early 40s. Wow. And like we save a lot um, and invest a lot, try to be generous givers also. But the more we go on, the more we just like to vacation. We really like to cruise. Wouldn't mind honestly doing several a year. Let's and, go. But we also want to save a lot for, va- for retirement. I mean, we'd rather sacrifice now to mm-hmm. have more later. And that's where we're really struggling with how much can we spend now? I think as long as you're doing the things that you need to do, right? Like, let's just say you've already set aside a certain amount that you're wanting to give, whether it's a percentage or a certain ratio, and Mm -hmm. maybe you've set aside a certain ratio for other things, like you said, continuing on with retirement. As long as you're not touching those things, it's kind of like that same principle as before. As long as you're doing the things that you need to do, you have the margin to do the things that you want to do. And I mean, my guess is that how much do you guys earn? I think about combined 264. Mm -hmm. And what would be like an outrageous vacation? Would it would blow your mind if you spent that much on a vacation? We did last year. Um, We spent 13 on one. Um, But we, I mean, we have five weeks. And so we want to go on more than 13 a year. So even if you did a few of those a year, that's still not touching your world and your investing and your bills mm-hmm. and, and right. your giving. And so I feel like it's more, it's, there's no specific ratio where I'm like, don't ever spend more than 3% of your total. Right. We don't have mm-hmm. a ratio like that, especially in baby step seven, where you really do have so much more options. And I think as long as you guys are in agreement and nothing is out of control and you're never going into debt, there's no amount that I would say, Hey, yeah, if you're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars, I would be like, okay, let's, I'm going to barf just thinking about that. But spending 13 grand when you make 260 and you're totally debt free with no house payment, I mean, your next goal, you, you want to be able to enjoy it when you're yeah. in your 40s, you know? Not mm-hmm. just when you're in one day, when we're in our 60s, we'll do a 13,000 big. You want to be, do this stuff now yeah. while you, you've got the energy. What do you have in retirement mm-hmm. so far? Um, I think between the two of us, investments and our 401k and TSP, maybe about two, $2 million total. Wow. Girl, look, I'm going back on what George said. If y'all saved up for a really long time and had $100,000 on a vacation, I am not even mad. It really would not be that <laughs> big, a big part of your world. You know, like Dave, mm-hmm. Ram- if Dave Ramsey would hear, would be like, that's like, you know, me buying a that's biscuit. That's a biscuit. Yeah. He loves the biscuits. (laughs) And so I think you dream it up, budget for it, and do it. Pay cash, baby. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. This is is why you guys did this stuff, right? It's so that you had Mm -hmm. options and margin and you can do this kind of stuff. You can do this outrageous stuff, including giving, including spending, including investing. I mean, I don't know many people that are in their 40s with $2 million and no debt. And that doesn't even include your house. I mean, by the time you guys actually retire, it's going to be popping off. You guys are doing so, so well. I'm so proud Tiffany of you. Tiffany should be behind this desk teaching us all how to get I there. I know, right? You are incredible. So, so proud of you guys. Send me some photos from vacation because we're behind this desk. You know, we, we're not out there. Yeah, I want to go. Take us with you. 
$100,000 vacation? Take me. I can't even imagine what I would spend $100,000. George. I mean, that's like multiple overwater bungalows. Like for my entire family. Yeah. Well, you ha- you gotta you gotta if you're taking a leave of absence, so you gotta part of that is probably like to account for income, you know, like pay loss. So you've got to sure. think about that. Well, they have five weeks. They got plenty of time to take off. Yeah, that's true. They're doing the PTO. I, but I'm just saying, I don't know if you can spend that in five weeks. I feel like you need an extended leave. It'd be, a, it'd be leave. a challenge for me to do that. Let me let me. Plan I bet it. Dave Ramsey could do it because <laughs> no. he's on a vacation right now, and I'm like. Dave once encouraged me to buy a five hundred dollar bottle of wine, and I it blew wow. my mind. So I know Dave could do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm too frugal for that. I'm like I can't. I'm not a sommelier. I can't tell the difference. He was like, if you let's let me see what you think. He was like, if you make two hundred and I think the person made two hundred fifty thousand dollars. He was like, buy a buy a five hundred dollar bottle of wine, and I just I had to clutch my pearls. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm too Middle Eastern for that. I'm like, oh, my parents are immigrants. We can't be out here flying that. He's right. But I was like, oh, okay. I will accept Dave's generosity yes. if he wants to do that for me. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Well, he wasn't the one buying it. He was telling other folks. Yeah, so if someone else buys it, I'm like, good for you. You <laughs> That's deserve right. it. Good for you. Treat yourself. I don't know if I could do it. No, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. <laughs> All right. Ashley's up next in Cleveland. Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for taking the call. Sure. What's going on? So we've been working the program and we are at the point where we're ready to invest our 15%. Well, we're still working on our emergency fund, but shortly we'll be investing our 15%. But our situation is a little unique, so I'm wondering if you might advise me to pay down our mortgage first. Okay. And the uniqueness is that my husband um, is disabled from the military, so they gave him a retirement package at the age of 35. Mm-hmm. And we will receive non-tax income from him for the rest of his life, including um, um, insurance benefits and things. So we also have an insurance plan that if something was to happen to him, I continue to receive those benefits for the rest of my life. I'm also working. I'm a teacher. So because we are set up for retirement already, I'm wondering if it is a benefit to just pay down our mortgage quicker and then invest the 15% or maybe even more at that point. So what does this retirement package look like? His income is 4100 a month, non-taxable, and we are on TRICARE. So TRICARE is a pretty all-inclusive program. Our uh, medical bills are very low, if any. And that's that income is not taxable? Correct. Okay. So basically 4000 take-home pay forever. And that's your retirement plan right now? Yeah, and that increases with cost of living. So every year there's a small raise. It's usually not a huge raise, but it it does increase. The way I'm thinking about this is, George, is similar to the way we might treat like a, a pension or something like that, right? Whereas we, we say to invest 15%, but if you have something like a pension, you're not counting that as the whole amount, right? You're you're saying, oh, if my pension gives me seven percent, okay, yeah, but we d- we can't control it, so let's count it as three and a half percent, that sort of thing. So I'm kind of wondering if you might look at this and say, okay, instead of investing fifteen percent, have this account for whatever that percentage is. Let's mm. say it accounts for three percent of that, you know, that sort of thing, and and run it back like that. I'm just wondering. I, I haven't met anyone that's like. Man, we put 15% away and we just ended up having too much money in retirement. That blew. And so I'm kind of in the boat of like, what would it look like if you still invested 15% and then aggressively paid off the house using some of this income? 
How how much longer do you guys have on this mortgage if you did that? It's a due mortgage, so we still have 14 and, and a couple months, 14 years and a couple months. Okay, and you, what do you say? What kind of mortgage? I said it's a new mortgage. Oh, it's a new a mortgage. Year. Oh, so you just started. Okay. Got it. Well, I would see yeah. how much we can allocate. Do some math and go, hey, if I invested 15% of our household income and then the rest went towards the mortgage, how quickly could we pay it off? And my guess is you're going to look up and say, oh, we could do this in like seven years. Yeah. And it's no big deal. And you guys have time. So I just, you know, I don't want to rely on, I don't know what life's going to look like in retirement. And so I don't know that four grand a month is going to be enough. What if you guys want to do something outrageous and give more and spend more and go on a $13,000 vacation? And that's why I say I would invest to be on the safe side and be on that side of history. But either way, you guys are doing great. Thanks so much for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day comes from Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. That'll preach. Mm -hmm. Thomas Edison once said, Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Come on. Ain't that the truth? So the question you need to ask is, are, are you smarter than an ant? I would like to think so, but I mean, America's broke and these ants are at least, they're like, okay. hey, we got to eat this winter. Okay. Like they're storing up, you know what I mean? So it's a good question to yeah. ask tonight at dinner. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun dinner conversation. <laughs> Just don't get in a fight with your spouse. All right, let's go to the phones. Matt joins us up next in Detroit. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, my name is Matt from Detroit. I was curious. If um, paying off our current home right now is the best solution for us or it being in the market and looking to purchase and upgrade a new home. Okay. So tell us more. Are you already planning to upgrade? Where is the house move coming from? Yes. So our house is getting smaller. My wife just gave well, gave birth to twins about a year ago. So it's Ooh. starting to move around. It's, <laughs> it's how, becoming, how big is uh, it? It's 1,300 square feet. There's no open concept. There's just like one living room that was good for just us and even when the babies weren't really moving. Now they're moving around and we're just realizing we need <laughs> a bigger space. And But we're not at the point to where it's a must yet. However, we are dabbling in the market. Um, are you guys debt-free other than the mortgage? Yeah, we have a mortgage that runs us about $1,100 a month and I have a $500 a month car payment. Other than that, we're debt-free and the the note is left at like 17 grand. How quickly could you get that car paid off? I could do it tomorrow if I wanted to. Whoa, we you got the a, money. Yes, we have a decent amount of money saved. How much? And uh, about between the both of us, we have around $260,000, $270,000. Goodness wow. gracious. That's great. Where did that come from? Just steadily over time? Yeah, just a lot of savings, and I paid off a lot of student loans in the very beginning, and my wife and I are both working. Mm-hmm. She's working only three days a week, so after she gave birth, she was she was working four days a week, but after she gave birth, she went to three days to, you know, so she could spend more time with the kids. Okay. What um, do you both do I for a living? She's a dentist, and I'm in IT with wow. the Fortune 500 around here. Wow. So great income, I'm guessing. What's your income? Uh, together, combined, I'd say it, it varies depending on a bonus, but... I'd say safe bet around two fifty, two sixty a year. Good job. Awesome. And what's left on the mortgage? One hundred and twenty, I think one hundred twenty thousand. And what's the house worth? Right now, it's looking around like 
two, I would say I could probably get 224 easily. Okay. So after fees, let's call it, you know, a little under a hundred you might walk away with if you sold it today. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. Um, maybe I would, um, you know, put it for sale by owner to get rid of the real estate cost, but that might just. Nah, I definitely use a pro. You would? Yes, 100%. They're going to market it, and it's going to be so dialed in that you will make more, and it will cover the fees. That's how I've seen it. That's like somebody walking up to your job and being like, "Uh, I could probably do it myself. (laughs) You'd be like, no, you can't. (laughs) No. But either way, Matt, here's the thing. I'm looking at the numbers, and either if you pay down the mortgage, you just have that equity built in when you go to sell, and Mm you roll it into the, the new house. So mm-hmm. I don't see it as an either or. I like actually putting it onto the mortgage because it's a four savings plan and it stops me from doing other things with it. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I'm going to upgrade the car. I'm going to get a renovation. So I like you paying down this mortgage in the meantime. And honestly, you got 260 Why not pay off the car and the house tomorrow? I agree. Man, wouldn't that yeah, be was, a feeling? <laughs> yeah, I was watching some of your things and that's what made, or some of your videos on YouTube and that's what made me call in because we're looking at a home we're looking to upgrade it honestly we're looking to build yeah so i'm thinking that that's going to cost us we're, we're in the market for around i don't know six hundred thousand range mm-hmm. for us but i didn't know if if this is too premature i was thinking we pay everything off wait a couple years build back you know have come come into the market with i guess more liquid cash you definitely could do that. I mean, like George said before, this is really more about your timeline. I like the idea of getting free from the debt, including the mortgage. Then it kind of opens up your priorities to see, you might get into that debt-free lifestyle and feel like, you know what, this feels so good. Like, I know we've got the twins in the house, but we've got so many options now. And you might decide to wait it out and save up more or, you know, again, just because you have the paid off mortgage, you're still building equity. So it's not like you're, there's nothing lost. There's only something yeah. gained, you know? So if I'm in your shoes, Matt, I'm paying all this off tomorrow. 17K car loan, gone. 120,000 mortgage, gone. That still would leave you, based on the savings you talked about, still leave you with 120, mm-hmm. right? In liquid cash. Yeah, absolutely it would. And that's the, the, just getting rid of that much money is kind of, I, I, it, oh, it, it would hurts. feel great. Because you worked hard it to would, do it, it and you love seeing that balance, but it's kind of a false illusion because you owe 120 grand on the other side and 17 grand in car payment with interest and interest. And so I would be, I'd want to get completely debt free, stop paying lenders interest because you are too smart for that and you make too much money to be doing that. And then you have 120. Now we can start making a plan. All right. How much down payment do we want to put down? What kind of house would that get us? What if we could do it with cash? Now you have some options. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. And it just feels good to hear that from someone else. And yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's the boat we're in. Um, I was, I was also thinking, well, we could sell the house right now. I would take, you know, maybe 80 K equity and, you know, build a pool or whatever when we throw down a 20% down payment, but I'm looking at the mortgage and we're talking, that's going to be, you know, maybe $5,000 with utilities, like all in. A month. Well, you guys make when 260. And yeah. so I would be looking at these numbers going, all right, we're going to do a 15 year fix. No matter what we want the payment to be a quarter of our take home pay. That will start to dictate what kind of budget for the home you get. I want you obviously to put down 20% or more with your income and your situation, and you'll be able to do that. But don't get too crazy on the other side and go get a million dollar home and go, well, we'll figure it out. Make a plan, do the math, Mm -hmm. pay off all your debt, and it's going to feel so good when you get there, man. Thanks for the call. Such a great point, George. I feel like um, in his situation, it's a great situation, but it can also be precarious because there's a lot of money lying around here. There's a great income here. 
it can be very easy to not be as detailed as you need to be end up with too much house because it's like oh we got money we got income we can kind of out earn we can out earn some of this no it's the same that same equation works no matter if you're making sixty thousand or two hundred sixty thousand uh, when it comes to this next home purchase and making sure that it falls within those guidelines. Mm, yeah, a lot of diligence there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try to take a real quick one. John in Knoxville, get right to the question, John. We're up against the clock. Hey, guys. So I'll be quick. I'm a medical student, um, and my wife, uh, she works a pretty normal job. We want to set up ourselves well for investing. We're 24 and 23. Want some advice from you guys how we can maybe invest to pay off some med school debt and then also as just set ourselves up well for life. Cool. So you're both in school? Uh, yeah, I'm a med student. She's about to start her master's. Okay. So what's the current income? Current income, household altogether, will probably be about 60000 And that's today? No. That starts in about a month. Okay. So one month from now, we're making sixty. How much debt do you guys have? Uh, right now, we've got a current about $20,000 uh, in education, and we've got 15000 on a car. How how are you guys paying for education? Um, well, when it comes back, um, we actually don't have to pay on it yet, but we have to start paying on it in like a month or two. And so when that starts, we're just going to pay. You know, so you're taking loans. You're taking loans for actively taking loans for education. That's right. Yeah, for my medical education. So you still have more loans to take out at this point. That's right. Oof. Well, you're not going to like our answer, but you're not going to invest your way out of debt. I wouldn't mm-hmm. invest until you guys clean up this mess, and I would try mess, and I would try to cash flow the rest of it and avoid more bleeding, aka more debt. Yeah, because at the rate that you're borrowing, what do you project will be the final amount of debt when you graduate? When I graduate, I think we'll be at three sixty. Ooh, no, oh, sir! Don't do it, John. Don't do it, bud. Dude, this <laughs> is going to only hold you guys back, and I would not invest a dime right now. Because you got to act like you're broke because you guys are broke. And I would try to cash flow as much of this as possible. I would not take yeah. on any more debt. If you need to pause these career dreams for a while. Yeah. But dude, walking away with 360 in debt or is going to be a nightmare. Find a program that will pay you to go to school. I know they're out there. Get creative, but I would not continue down this path, my friend. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Until next time, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. Hey, it's George Camel. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.